Today, I'm sitting down with fashion designer, entrepreneur, and best-selling author, and star of the Netflix series, My Unorthodox Life, Julia Hart. Stay tuned as we discuss her journey from a key figure in the fashion industry to founding her very own brand. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable in Maine, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable in Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other when it can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. Now, without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Julia Hart. You might know her as a star of the Netflix show, My Unorthodox Life. But before reality TV came knocking, Julia was also a fashion designer and launched a career with her namesake shoot collection. She became creative director of the luxury lingerie brand La Perla, and until last year was the CEO and CCO of the modeling and talent media agency Elite World Group. Now she has relaunched her shapewear line Plus Body by Julia Hart with the mission to reduce the stigma of wearing shapewear and encourage the unity of comfort and luxury when it comes to beauty. Having also become the brand ambassador for the transformative biotech skincare brand Amion, it's clear that empowerment is at the core of everything Julia does. She has pushed the boundaries of the industry norms and she's frankly an icon, if I may say so. So it's an honor and pleasure to sit down with her today and thank you for being with us. Thank you, Akash. That was really lovely. That was very kind of you to say. Well, it's only lovely because you've done so many great things. <laughs> so you, you, you made it hard for me to narrow it down, but I think I've done a hopefully wow. a good job of it. Thank you. But um, one thing we start all the podcasts with is a kind of nutshell question. So I'm going to ask you this. So who in a nutshell is Julia? Mm. What is that Winston Churchill said? I'm a Mystery wrapped in an enigma, tied with a riddle. Mm, yeah, I love that one. <laughs> um, you know, I think I'm a woman who is an eternal student. Yeah. Who the person I am today is hopefully not the person I'll be six months from now. And I just want to continue growing and learning and changing. And I hope, if I guess if I was on my tombstone, eternal student would be great. Okay, you're already my favorite person. I, anyone who like pr triumphs learning, I think it's so important because it's the biggest blessing of life is we exactly. can always grow yeah. and um, always look forward. And I think that's so important. You know, it's funny when, um, when I first left my religion uh, and my son Shlomo mm. was deciding where he was, you know, was he going to stay religious or not? Yeah. He said to me, Ima's mother in Hebrew, he said, but Ima you don't have the answers. Like in a, any kind of fundamentalist religion, you have all the answers, yeah. right? And he said, but if you don't follow that belief, you don't have the answers. Yeah. And I said to him, that's not a negative. Mm -hmm. That's a positive because not having the answers means I'll keep asking the questions. Not having the answers means we'll create and 
learn more about life and we never assume we know everything yeah. because we don't have the answers. Exactly. So to me, not having the answers is the most beautiful thing there is. I, well, I, I used to be an engineer. So for me, the most innovation comes from not knowing, exactly. right? You have to either create or be curious, but That's if the it. answers were there, how boring would life be? That's it. If the answers yeah. are there, you're never going to invent anything. You're nope. never going to going strive to for anything better or move forward. Exactly. So couldn't say it better myself. That's amazing. So, I mean, I like to always paint the picture from childhood to now. So if you want to just encapsulate a little bit about your childhood memories and even those early memories of beauty would be very interesting to know. So I, the first time that I knew that, or I wanted fashion to be my life, I was actually three years old. Mm. Um, I, at the time, so my parents and I were traded for grain uh, through the Jackson Bannockville. So basically, uh, my father and my mother practiced Judaism in Russia during communism, where it was illegal, and he was arrested for being an anti-communist. And uh, there was this huge thing in the United States where basically, just like the Magnitsky Bill now, that you know utilizes economic sanctions for Russia's violations against Ukraine at the time in the 70s, it was uh, human rights violations against Jews and other minorities. Mm-hmm. And so we were literally traded for grain. And um, it wasn't a direct route to America. We first went from Moscow to Vienna, Austria, where I lived in an internment camp for nine months. Yeah. And then we lived in the Vatican, um, in a, I guess, I don't know how to say it, like a, an internment camp, I guess is, uh, you know, and until they finally sent us to the United States. Yeah. And in those six months that I lived in Italy, I was three years old and there was this five-year-old boy, um, whose mother was a concert pianist who had also come out of Russia and he would do odd jobs around the camp, like, you know, take people's trash out and they would pay him. And he brought, he bought me for my birthday, my first handbag when I was three years old. That is the cutest. <laughs> I know. And do you by the way, do you not, only do I not, rem- not only do I remember it, I kept it until my mid thirties. And then when I moved from Atlanta back to New York, somehow it got lost in the move. Right. But I literally kept it for 30 years. Wow. 30 years. And that first handbag, the minute I got it, I just knew. Yeah. I started drawing handbags and shoes when I was literally you know, basically barely learning how to speak. That is incredible. So to me, fashion has always been about individuality, uniqueness. Yeah. It's wearable art. Yeah, it's wearable art. And it's, it's also really the emotion cool. attached to these yeah. pieces. I mean, that bag has, you know, even though you don't have that piece, you still feel that sentiment. Yeah, oh, so 100%. Powerful. I will remember does. that bag for as long as I live. Yeah, that is incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you, what, just paint that picture. What was the bag like? Was it a little... Oh, I remember it exactly. Yeah. So it was this very, very small, like Italian leather bag. Yeah. It had these um, leather fringe, this brown leather mm-hmm. fringe, and it was hand-painted red and blue flowers that were embossed on the bag, and it had a flap and one button, and I literally treasured that bag for 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah. This is the power of fashion and beauty. It it's, is. It's incredible. It is. So, then, so then most of your life has been spent in the U.S. Um, yes. And tell us a bit about sort of how you got your first break into fashion. Well, you know, I left my community in November of 2012. Yeah. Uh, and in January 2013, I started a shoe brand. Wow. And, which sounds insane. Yeah. And I mean, it was. But... I was a time traveler. I didn't know how insane it was, meaning I didn't know about PR. I didn't know about marketing. I didn't know that there's such a thing as logistics or production. I mean, I knew literally nothing. 
So I, in my mind, I had just tra time traveled 300 years into the future because the life I lived was truly a late 1700s, 1800s existence. Yeah. And walking out of that community and into the 21st century felt like I was literally walking into Mars. I, I didn't know the way the world worked. I'd never been on a date. I'd never gone to a bar. I'd never been to a club. I didn't have a, you know, a high school dance. I didn't, nothing. I literally lived, I mean, the easiest way to say it, if you take Bridgerton yeah. or one of these movies about, you know, the 1800s and subtract all the beautiful gowns and the fabulous parties, that was my life. Mm. No education, wife and mom. Your, your, your destiny is defined by your biology. So from the second you're born, your path is laid out for you. And every woman's path is the same. Yeah. So when I walked out the door, I literally felt like, okay, if I've survived time travel, making a shoe brand, sure, why not? Yeah. Exactly. And, <laughs> and that's how it started. Yeah. You know, the serendipity and the miracles that followed me were incredible. I mean, you know, my first uh, fashion week in Paris, um, I go to my one and only fashion party that I managed to get into, and a woman in her mid-50s, early 60s, walks over to me and says, I love those shoes. Whose are they? And I'm like, they're mine. That's the best feeling. <laughs> that is the best feeling. And, I mean, I was my own walking yeah. PR yeah. machine, right? That's all and I had was so. me. That's what we should be as fans. That's all yeah. I had was me. And, and I said, they're mine. And she's like, no, no, I understand that you own them, but whose are they? And that's all I needed. And I launched into the whole story oh, of shoes, comfort, and beauty, luxury, and that women shouldn't have to suffer to feel beautiful. And I go into my whole spiel. Yeah. And she happened to be the shoe buyer for Harrods. No. So the first person in my, in my quote unquote, uh, you know, I mean, I don't even know what to say. It was in my hotel room. I'd made this little, like, like a, a, yeah, a collection. She was the first person in. Was wow. the buyer from Harrods, and she ordered shoes. And when she ordered shoes. Gaby Lafayette ordered shoes and Biondini ordered shoes and Farfetch'd ordered shoes. And, then, and, you know, I was just hoping I would sell five pairs. Yeah. And I walked out of that fa first fashion week with my eyes like, okay, now I have to produce all yeah, these shoes. Say, now the that, problems really uh -oh, start. Oh, now the problems really start. Funding. You know, production funding. I had no idea what I was we, doing. We, we rightly should forget about the beginning because we should go in with so much emotion and love. But then right. later you're like, kind of like, you know, like that rug over yes. stuff. You're like, yeah. okay, great. Now, now I know what, what it's about. <laughs> this is the, not yes. the fun part, but the fun part, you know? Yeah, yeah it's important. Then you have to produce. Yeah, you have to produce yeah. and keep it up. And then yeah. demand planning. I think that, that's the hardest because you know how lethal and cutthroat fashion is and you're one minute you're in, the next minute you're out, the next minute you're in again. It's 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 a cycle. Yes, absolutely. And you know when you create a brand, it's so hard to demand plan or forecast that. So you might yeah. say, okay, look, I don't want to be sold out, so I want to make a lot more shoes. And then comes a, an order, and you're like, wait, it's a much lower than I thought. Now right. I've got all this inventory and all this exactly. Stuff. And also, then inventory creates waste. Waste. And and is not great for the planet. No. There's yeah. no secret formula. There's just. Um, yeah, we have to try our best. Yeah, I think is. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, as much as we can to use data yeah. and feedback. You know what I love? I mean, social media obviously has many negatives and many positives. One of the positives of social media is that my clients and my customers can talk to me. Yeah. And that's really wonderful. I love hearing from people because yeah. we've actually made some changes to the shapewear based on consumer feedback. Yeah. You know, we, we I had this year where, you know, the, the divorce and whatever. And so I had some time to go back and perfect the yeah. product. And what I utilized was customer feedback and it was really helpful. So I love the fact that there is this 
interactive quality in our yeah. fashion that I get to hear what people think. And, you know, so many businesses, I used to work for the big conglomerates, and we tend to not utilize the data enough, but it's there and it's more it's or less there. it's free, which yeah. is, um, you know, the ones that I think are, again, time traveling into the future would be the ones that are using data effectively exactly. and sustainably. It's if you're important. doing it for people, you're building a brand for people, yeah. you should you, kind of listen to that. I mean, I mean <laughs> it seems pretty logical. They're your consumers. <laughs> they're your consumers. Yeah, they're your boss, right? Really? <laughs> if you don't listen exactly. to them, then you're not, you're not going to exactly. have a brand. But, but so you mentioned, I really want to talk about it now because I just can't wait. The plus body. Tell me, so tell us about the journey in creating your own shapewear brand. So, okay, you're going to laugh because, you know, there are a lot of holes in my pop culture knowledge. People are always so surprised. I got invited to this um, event by Caring. Yeah. And we, um, to see Thelma and Louise with Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. Wow. Which is really cool, right? Very cool. Very cool. So we're there and there's probably... 30 or 40 of us and um, we sit down and they're sitting in the front and the idea is to watch the movie and then they're going to talk about the experience and you know the movie goes on and people are talking and I'm sitting there like that 90 year old nudge that people hate shh shh I'm literally shushing everybody and someone turns to me it's like Julia you would think you'd never seen this movie before I'd never seen the movie before (laughs) so you know there's just these giant holes in my pop culture knowledge so Around 2017, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, I watched Bridget Jones's Diary. Yeah. And there's this scene, this cringeworthy scene where she's sitting on her bed and she's holding up her shapewear, these really ugly granny panties. Yeah. And she's trying to decide, does she put them on so she'll feel more confident, she'll be flatter and smoother because she has this huge crush on Hugh Grant's character. Yep. But then she can't bring him home because no one, no woman wants to get undressed and have anyone who's undressing her see mm. the shapewear. She decides she's going to put it on. She wears it to the party. It works. She gets the guy. But then she forgets she's wearing it. She gets a little tipsy, and she brings him home. Mm. And there's that scene where they're on her floor, and he starts undressing her. And he's, like, teasing her about her shoes and her naughty little dress. And then he sees the shape. He's going, oh, my God, <laughs> what is this? And he's playing with it. And that look on her face And I thought to myself, wait a minute, what do women actually do? Mm. If you're wearing shapewear and someone's undressing you, what do they do? So I started asking women. And the machinations and drama that ensue to get undressed without a person seeing the shapewear, mid-foreplay, they'll run to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. hide it in a drawer, come back out. It's like, it's crazy. So that was the moment I decided, okay, I need to figure out a way to make shapewear beautiful. I need to eradicate the stigma of it. So that a woman should never feel embarrassed, uncomfortable, ashamed. I don't want those words to ever be associated with women. So that's the idea. But then the difficulty was the reason shapewear is very ugly isn't because people don't realize that women don't want to wear ugly shapewear. Because think of lingerie. It's purple. It's blue. It's pink. It's patterned. It's lace. The problem is that shapewear is a compression garment. Exactly. And compression... So think about, you know, you walk down the street and you see a person wearing a size too small on them Mm -hmm. and the clothes are stretched and they have those nasty lines and the pattern is distorted and the color is faded. That's because dyed material cannot be stretched, Uh, right? Meaning it's made to fit the exact size. Exactly. It's dyed. 
And think about it, what compression? It's a tiny garment that comes, it stretches on your body and is supposed the to suck you in. Form of exactly the biggest yeah. form of that stretch. And so what ends up happening is if it's a color other than beige, white, and black, those colors you stretch beige, it's still gonna look like beige. Mm -hmm. Black looks like black, white looks like white. But you try to take a red or a blue and you stretch it, you get those nasty lines. Yeah. So I realized that if I wanted to make beautiful shapewear, I had to actually change the way color is put into material. And it took us five years, four and a half years, to create this, what we call power bond, yep. which is a heat fusion process. We don't just dye the clothing, we actually heat fuse them. Wow. And what that enables us to do is to create clothing that can be stretched. I mean, I've literally been on television and had a person hold on and just stretch it from like one part of the table to the other. Yeah. The pattern doesn't budge. The color doesn't shift. That's it's so... it's immutable. It's amazing. And so for the first time, you get undressed and you have that underneath. You feel you look fabulous. Yeah, you're like right. And then once I did that, I was like, okay, but there are a lot of other problems in shapewear. The other problems in shapewear is that number. Okay, so number one is ugly. Yeah. Okay, so we fix that. Boom, boom. Then we have shapewear is a very thick garment, right? Mm -hmm. Compression. Mm -hmm. It's a thick material. So just mathematically speaking. Women had to decide whether they wanted to be smoother and flatter, but wider, because they're adding another layer to their body, yeah. and it's a thick layer. And if it's a quarter inch on each side, a half an inch is another size up. Yeah. I had women telling me that they couldn't button their pants when they wore a shapewear, because mm. it just increases your girth. Yeah. So I was like, well, if I can fuse color into material, can I take all those compression layers and fuse them into one single layer? And so that's what we did. So my shapewear is as thin as a piece of paper. It's crazy. And it, it believe me, it will suck you in every place you want it to go, but it's so comfortable and breathable. It's one thin layer. So now you don't have to decide between wider and smoother or narrower and lumpier. Yes. You can be smooth, formed, and narrow simultaneously. And yes. then the other problem that I saw was that Shapewear and don't laugh. I know. I always try to make my CFO say this because he's like this very proper man, and hearing the word pancake boobs out of his mind, at mouth is just so entertaining. But but I'm here and he's not, so I'm yeah, gonna have to say, say it. But you know, again, shapewear is a compression garment. Yeah. It's gonna compress all of you. Yeah. I don't know any woman who wants her breasts compressed. That's just not okay. Yeah. So what brands generally do is. Either you have to stick with that or they bring up, they just make a hole here and you have to put a bra. So now you're wearing four straps, two straps in the back, shapewear and a bra all underneath your clothing. Yeah. Torturously uncomfortable. Yeah. So ours is the only shapewear in the world that is not only sold by body size, but by cup size. So wow. for example, you can be an extra, extra large double D. Mm -hmm. You could be a medium A. You could be a medium F. Mm. And so the bra is literally built into the shapewear. So not only is it not giving you pancake boob and ensuring that you don't have to wear another bra on top of it, it actually enhances your everything in your body because it's keeping everything in place. That's amazing. Yeah. And actually, when you look at all those problems that you're solving in traditional shapewear today, you're actually saving a lot of costs from you know having to oh, yeah. change your size of your trousers or this and that. And I think that is something that from an education perspective, it's probably been very interesting to see how people are, you know, maybe they've been used to a specific type of shapewear. Have you found it interesting to educate them on 
why because once they try it they know let's be honest right once you've got your your, yeah. your shapewear they're gonna be hooked but how do you get them to try a new one you know yeah. that's the hard part it's you know what it's interesting because i didn't think that would be an issue i just yeah. thought people would be like oh my gosh no gorgeous shapewear that yeah. but it's so new yeah that most people didn't believe it was shapewear yeah. and they're also used to maybe the, they, they're that kind of beige. They have, now yeah. they've got that bad kind of um taste, taste. in their mouth yeah, yeah. And they're used to that you yeah, know they've exactly. conditioned themselves but actually you want to now say okay i know, I know this is what you've been given right hey well, look what's now you deserve exactly yeah you know so it is actually interesting because in the very beginning and um, we had questions like can i wear it under clothing i'm like mm. yes it's shapewear <laughs> you're, you're supposed to wear it under clothing it just doesn't look like shapewear so it's really you know, but the beautiful thing is I had um, an up-and-coming TikTok um, Western music singer ask. Mm. She sends me this really beautiful email, and she asked if she could wear it on stage to mm. sing. And I'm thinking to myself, that's what's wrong with fashion, that she has to even ask the question. Yeah. Do you? It's your body, your way, anything you want. You want to wear it out? Yeah. Kudos to you. You want it under? Great. I. The whole beauty of the brand is... Plus body, meaning I don't want to change your body. Yeah. I just want you to feel great in it. I want I you to feel that. like your body is fabulous. I was, was going to ask about the name. I think you've answered that. That's like exactly. That's it. It's, it's so beautiful. your body, your way, your size, your beauty. Yeah. And wear it however you like. So I think people have to get used to wearing it underneath. They just don't realize that it's actually thinner. Yeah. Smoother. You'll never see it underneath clothing. But... When you get undressed, you're not embarrassed. Yeah. No, I, I looked online and the patterns and the, the colors were so beautiful. Thank you. How, do you have like a design team? Like how do you guys come up with such great designs? Well, honestly, designing is a thing that, you know, it's my, it's the easiest part of my job for me. Yeah. Like I can, I literally actually design in my sleep, which is why I'm an insomniac. So like it's <laughs> not, yeah, mid, I mean, literally I have draw. my entire... I have a whole set of pencils and colors right next to my bed oh, that's because, awesome. you know, I would say five nights out of seven, I'm yeah. up doing something. But, you know, what I found is that what's beautiful about fashion is that it's interactive. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you go into a museum and you see a painting and you are moved by it and you feel like this deep connection or it speaks to you in some way. But it's a one-directional relationship, right? The painting is not going to change in any way yeah. based on your feelings. Yeah. A woman putting on my designs makes it her own. Mm. Five women wearing the same thing make it look completely <laughs> different because it's their uniqueness and their individuality melding with my creations. That's... It's this interactive art that I really love. And so, you know, to me, the, I get inspiration from literally everywhere. I once stopped at a building and because I'm, I'm looking at your, you see that blue yeah. on the staircase? I'm yeah. thinking, oh my God, that would be fabulous blue for the next collection. Mm. That's literally how it works. Everything I see looks like a shoe or a, or a dress yes. or a piece of shapewear. I mean, wow. everywhere I go, I'm always like catching the strangest things. Like I literally once followed this butterfly, like literally chasing it because the wing had this perfect pink. I was like, oh my God, I got to capture the pink. 
You're just like my sister, but I can imagine why it must be so tiring. Because when you see beauty so in everything, you're looking, you're, you're probably giving yourself whiplash every day. Like, oh, that's nice, that's nice. Oh. Yeah, but you know what? I need more people like you in this it's world. Bad. I, I started wearing this thing. This oh whoop. my God, the whoop. I love the whoop. I love I the whoop. Right now, because I'm it. trying to get better at sleeping. I'm, yeah. Uh, it's very hard for me. No, I know what you mean. It's like an hour and a half, an hour and a half, an and hour and a half. Gently vibrates when he wakes up. That's my favorite yeah. part. I actually switched it to the aura ring for now. But that yeah. doesn't actually wake you up. That just measures oh. the sleep. But it's very, but I it's, think it's important. But the whoop is great. No, yeah. it's important. I'm trying. I'm trying to get yeah. better at sleeping. Well, I say, what my grandma used to tell me is intentions is all that matters. Just be intentional. I'm trying. If you do it, it's okay. If you don't, it's okay. But I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in terms of distribution, we know how it's so important. I mean, okay. you can create a great product, but people need to be able to buy it and sell it. Uh, so where are you currently distributed? So right now we're only online. Yep. Um, but you can purchase us in the UK. Nice. Amazing. And, uh, you know, the plan is, you know, to be, you know, predominantly a B2C um, brand. We'll do some, we have some stores that we'll be going into. Amazing. Um, but again, I like communicating directly with my consumer. Owning that data, you know, knowing, you know, have that feedback loop less because then you can basically create better products. Yeah. And I love hearing from people about it. Like, you know, People have started sending me photos of themselves in it or what they've done with it. And I mean, it gives me genuine joy. I want mm. women to make it there. I mean, I want them to feel comfortable to do things their way. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So the predominant amount will be online. Yeah. Um, we will be in some multi-brand stores and some multi-brand um, websites. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to go into a few other, Have let's used. say, Industries because what's coming after this in our next season yeah. will be the first ever shapewear swimwear. No way! That is gonna never be, been done before. I've, no, that's amazing. I mean, and that's something that's, I would wear because honestly, yeah. I mean, I, I I wear a cover up when I go to the pool. I'm yeah. I'm shy to like be all out there, like you know. Yeah. And it'll it looks like swimwear. It feels like swimwear. It's not an iota thicker than swimwear. It dries like swimwear, mm. except it's a compression garment that and because is. we have this incredible technology where we heat fuse color in yeah so you it never you know fades or you know gets uh in any way diluted yeah you can make these beautiful bathing suits wow. you know imagine these little booty shorts think like Halle Berry from James Bond yeah and tankinis where everything is sucked in and put into place oh, that's gonna and be it huge. looks you know gorgeous and yet it's actual Compression wear shaper. This is the interesting thing because A, I think what you're on is is a huge area. It's much needed. I think I haven't seen anything like this. Yeah. Um, but what's going to be interesting for you, the challenge will be now like thinking about new distribution points because when you expand your portfolio into new categories or verticals, then you're going to start have to think, okay, for swimwear, is it better to be now with hotels or with mm, this? Yeah, yeah it's, but, it's it's, but it's exciting because you love yeah. to learn and try new things. But I, I was saying I would yeah. really love to be in India. I think in India. India is an incredible market. 100%. Women are so beautiful and they're, you know, I, I love what's happening in India. So yeah. I think that's definitely... Yeah, we're we're going to talk, talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Um, yeah. and of course, I'd love to be in the Middle East and in yeah. Asia. So, you know, but... 
or new brands. So we're going to start slow, but that's that's definitely the goal. If there's no rush, take your time and do it right. And I think it's important to, it's hard in this globalized economy to like not want to go quicker. Uh, Oh, I want to go ahead. You probably have people DMing you saying, hey, I'm in India. I feel so bad. I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. I haven't told you. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. If it's it's not in your area, it's coming. It's coming. It's It's coming. coming. And you just have to tell more people, your friends, to keep on DMing. But then the more demand comes, the more warrant it is to open up a market. It's very true. And then in terms of now, you mentioned the future of sort of some verticals Mm -hmm. but uh, what is something that you want to see in terms of like the mission because what you're doing is creating beautiful product but you also do a lot of impact work and uh, maybe you can first share some of the stuff you've been doing recently because it's so amazing thank you so I've been to Ukraine twice this year Um, the first time I went was uh, at very end of December of 2022 through I think the 10th of January and I drove ambulance from Slovakia all the way to the front lines in Bakhmut, yeah. um, where it was like the bombing and the shelling and the missiles. And I mean, it was it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I brought um, IFAX kits and medical supplies and antibacterials and anything I could stick into the ambulance, coats, um, gloves, hats. And we brought these amazing little boxes that... Uh, were lights that got solar powered and that you could charge your phone in, which was a big deal because, I mean, they really knocked out the infrastructure. And, you know, people always say, like, why did you go? Why couldn't you just donate money? Because I don't take freedom for granted. I lived in a world where my body was not my own, where I had no autonomy over my life, where every decision was made for me literally from the minute I was born. And I have fought very hard for my freedom. And I'm still fighting for my freedom. And to see a country of people who aren't just giving up. I gave up my family. I gave up everyone I knew. I gave up all my friends for freedom. Ukrainians are giving up their lives. They're dying for freedom. And I felt like, how can I not go and help? They're the freedom fighters of our time. You know, just like the women in Iran. I mean, what an example they are to the world. These are women... And it's interesting because the laws that they have are almost identical to the laws I had in upstate New York, Hmm. right? Wasn't allowed to live alone, married off as a teenager, wasn't allowed to be educated. Every woman's task is the same. Be a wife, be a mother, hide your body, hide yourself because your responsibility is to make sure that men don't sin. My entire being was only through the reaction of a man, meaning to be a good woman, I had to be not noticeable, subservient, obedient, and silent. A bad woman is someone who attracted male attention. Mm. So it was all through man. You didn't exist as a person. You were just a body that was supposed to have babies and be subservient, and that was it. And so to see these women in Iran who are literally, they're being gassed and poisoned and murdered and beaten, and they won't stay silent. And... Um, I recently led the, uh, a march in Washington for Iranian women, and I'm standing there speaking to thousands of Iranian women and thinking to myself, a Jewish girl from Muncie, New York, speaking to thousands of Iranian women, it's all the same. We're in the same boat. Um, and then I went from there to Rwanda yeah. with this incredible group um, called the Body Agency Collective. Okay. And our purpose there, we went to remote villages, uh, and we 
did three things. One was we provided menstrual cups for women. And this is something I didn't know until I got involved with the company. There are countries all over the world where women don't leave their homes when they menstruate because they have no maxi pads, they have no tampons. And so they're literally forced to stay home from school, to stay home from work when they menstruate. So they fall behind in their schoolwork, they don't have the same opportunities that men do. And so I went from village to village showing people menstrual cups because of course you could use them for five years. They come in, they go out, wash them, it's all good. And also talking to women about sexual wellness um, and safe sex and you know, many of these women in their uh, religions or their societies, sexual pleasure of women is completely taboo, like it was in my world. Yeah. And, you know, they don't, women are supposed to, there, as in my life, have children, right? Yeah. And of course, you can't compare the two. I mean, these women, I, I, they're, they're heroes, you know. Yeah. There's, no com there's no comparison between my life and theirs in the sense that, I mean, I lived in a, you know, in the United States of America, where I have running water and a bathroom and, you know, I have food to eat and I don't worry about starvation here. Those are real concerns. I met a woman who had breast cancer and half her body was being eaten alive because there was no medical treatment at all. Mm. And you just, you get so angry. Yeah, It's like, how is this possible that in this world where there's so much that we can't find a way to share, to make capitalism compassionate, yeah. to help one another. And the one thing that I loved that I saw in Rwanda was there are all these collectives of women who invest in one another mm. and create community and financial stability amongst themselves. It's incredible. So basically, one woman gets 10 cents yeah. and buys a chicken. And this chicken lays a bunch of eggs with those, she sells them and buys more chickens. With those chickens, more eggs, and then she starts to buy land and property. Yeah. And then as the chickens grow, she starts handing out these chickens to her friends to who start selling. Yeah. So with, with 10 cents, all of a sudden, you have an entire community of women. And statistically, women, number one, first of all, 70% of Africa, they are, um, they're called small shareholder farmers. Yeah. It's a predominantly an agricultural industry. Yeah. And... 80% of the world's untouched arable land is currently in Africa. Yep. And of those, 70% of those working that land are women, mm. even though only 20% of them own the land that they work on. That's so, you, yeah. you know, and it's what statistically, when the women own the land, they take the money and reinvest it into their communities. They build schools, they lend it out, they help their friends and their families. And so to see the unity, the empowerment. These women are the bravest, strongest, most incredible women I've ever met in my life. I mean, mm. I thought I had impediments. I can't compare my impediments to theirs. It's really incomparable. Yeah. And they never give up. No. They're determined and they're going to make it. And I feel so honored that I got to meet them. And, yeah. you know, so I did that. Um, and I really hope that the global community can start helping one another and realize that just imagine if all women got together. Yeah. That, no, Think about that. We would change the world in a heartbeat. Yep. 
And that's, and I do believe that's possible. I do believe in my army of financially independent women. I'm starting to create it. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think that the biggest way is also human interaction and for you to see it, to know it. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people, you know, I, I can, you know, I can hear what you're saying, but I, the emotion won't come until I visit. Yeah. You have to go. There. And I think what I really go. admire what you've done is you have not only just used your voice, but you've actually listened to their voices in person. I'm trying. And that is the big difference here. You know, I can tell you like, you know, anything I do with my impact work, it's because I, when I've gone there, I go home when all I want to do is just work on that. Yeah. Because you feel the energy. So true. Uh, and you have to be careful and safe. And it's not like you can just jump on a plane and go to these places. Well, I've, I, I kind of figure, you know, if it's my time to go, but it's my time to go. I was about to say, you have to have this mentality. It's, you have to have this mentality of like, I would rather leave this planet doing that. Than in, in exactly. I always say, yeah. I'd much rather die a, war, a Viking death, you know, yeah. hiding for something I believe 100%, 100%. in, you know, meta, met, you know, uh, metaphorical sword yeah. in hand, even though it doesn't necessarily, you yeah. know what I mean? I know what you mean. I want, I want, if I, you know, when it's my time to go, I hope it yeah. matters. matters. I no, hope you, you, something gets changed. Well, already, just for you to know that what you've already left on this planet is already a huge positive change, no Thank matter you. what. So now we, you're just adding, adding to that. That's you. What it is. you know, yesterday I got uh, this award at the yeah. icon thing and it was very lovely and I was incredibly moved. And, but as I was walking out, oh, I'm going to start to cry again. Mm. It's so annoying. Okay. If I cry don't, as you can, yeah, um, so as I'm walking out, this woman comes over to me and she's literally crying. Mm. And she said, I want you to know that you changed me and my daughter's life. And I said, oh, you know, how? And she said that um, for 17 years, she had lived in a marriage and been beaten and abused. And that the day that she turned on my show, she said, I binged your show, Julia. And I packed my bags and I took myself and my daughter. Sorry, guys. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, sorry. Take your time. Okay. Um, and I packed my bags and I left. And I remember thinking to myself, that is the biggest award I could possibly get. That this woman and her daughter and their future generations will have a better life because my story inspired their story. And in the end, that's that's what it's all about. That's what you, know? you should be. These are tears of happiness. Yeah, sorry, I get this very is, emotional no, no, about. You're this. right, Lisa. This is. Um, uh, thank you for sharing that, and I think it's um, it's just a testament of every voice counts. Yeah, and uh, don't be ashamed ashamed or scared to say your story because there's someone out there who really needs to hear it exactly you know and i think that's really powerful it was just it was just it just reminded me that with all the craziness in my life and all the attacks and all the negativity that's the reason i did it that's and it. it worked and so just got to chin up for the rest exactly in the end if my story can change other people's story that's then it's a life well lived I'm and, so I'm, happy. and I'm happy and I'm good <laughs> I'm so happy she told you that because sometimes it, it, people don't tell you you know yeah and I literally said to her I said you don't understand you just made my night yeah you just you gave me so much strength and courage and yeah. she was and we just both like literally yeah. standing there in this <laughs> divorce ceremony crying it was very embarrassing because it's important to know as well we're all human and you need to hear that yeah I do you know? I do we, sometimes we react as you know we might inspire people but we also need inspiring and sometimes reminding. A hundred percent. Because it's not easy. So it's not easy. I think no. that's really, really powerful. So well, thank you for sharing yeah, that. That's. I mean, I mean, 
before we start wrapping up, I do want to talk a little bit, because you mentioned, you know, one of the biggest ways people have got to see your story is the Netflix show. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be binge watching it this weekend now. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm kind of glad I haven't seen it before seeing you, because now I can like, uh, you know, like when you... Now you'll know, you know me. Now I know yeah, you. I'm going to be like, and yeah. I was, I'll be like, that's my friend. <laughs> but um, I just want to tell you, like, what was this uh, experience like uh, creating a Netflix show? You know, it's so funny. It's just... The great thing about not knowing how much you don't know is yeah. that you're not afraid to try something. Yeah. So I'd never written a book, but I wrote a book. I'd never made a show, but I made a show. I'd never run a company, but I ran a company. It's we don't know what we're capable of until we try. And 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 the beauty, the growth, everything is in the unknown. Mm. If you're doing something that is familiar to you, that you're comfortable with, that you could do in your sleep, you're doing the wrong thing. So true. I literally try to scare myself shitless once a week, at least. Do something that I'd never done before. Yeah. That I have to test my limits yep. and test my capabilities because I want to constantly grow and achieve. And the only way to do that is to try things you've never tried. Now, was it scary? Yes. Hmm. Do I have nightmares all the time? Yes. <laughs> I mean, the, for the two weeks before the show came out, I don't think I slept at all. I mean, I don't think I slept 30 minutes. I was in a complete state of panic. Yeah. Because, I mean, what do they call the book? What, someone wrote about my book, um, Brazen, Radical Honesty, Radical right? Honesty. I am myself 24-7 and I say it all. And it's very scary in yeah. a world where you, strangers will hate you and attack you and accuse you yeah. and... You know, sometimes I, I think read, they know you. Well, yeah, and sometimes I read some of these things, and I'm like, "Wow, what?" I mean, it's just in my wildest dreams, I would never write that to anyone, mm. certainly not a stranger. And I know that that's what's coming. Opening yourself to the world is opening yourself to the world. Um, but then I would just remind myself, "Why are you doing this? You're doing this because a story can change the world. Mm. And if I'm going to be too afraid to tell my story, then." How can I ever expect anyone else to tell theirs? That's yeah, such a beautiful way to say it. I think it's uh, it's it's obviously important to realize it's never easy to do something like that, but it does get um, easier with time. I think the more and more yeah. you do share your story, and yeah. of course you're going to have people commenting or always. You know, I was, <laughs> my I, but yesterday I was reading, a, I was watching a TikTok. I was like Tom Holland who said it on a podcast. <laughs> I think with my friend Jay Shetty, but. I think I can't exactly say the quote perfectly, but it was something like, if someone has something to say about you, um, uh, ask them to text them, uh, text you. And if they don't have your number, then they really don't know you. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's so beautiful. It's such, so a, true. it's such a great way to be like, yeah. if, if they have something to say negative and they can't even text you that, then why do you care? Yeah. They, don't, they don't know you. Exactly. How can you take their opinion seriously? Also, I just think it's so sad. That's what I realized. Like in the beginning, I was like, what, what, how do I feel about yeah. people like that? And then I realized I kind of, want to hug them and say like whatever in your life is hurting mm -hmm. you that you the only way you can have joy or feel better about yourself is to demean and hurt others yeah. that means something in your life is really making you unhappy yeah. and i i know this sounds really goofy but like i'm literally try to bless my haters and yeah. just say that whatever is hurting them in their lives i hope it dissipates and that they find joy yeah in lifting others up instead it's, of pushing others down it's and you know I, I always say this is something i've always said to myself just to protect my, my yeah because you energy. gotta tell yourself this all yeah, the time but i actually say i don't ever have haters i have people who don't know me that's it that's beautiful so if they say something negative they just don't know me and I maybe i can find a way to 
get them to know me. If not, they just didn't take the time and that's on them. It's not on me. That's really beautiful. You know? that's I really it. like that. Because if you don't yeah, hate no, yourself. you're right. That's beautiful. There's Thank no you. haters. That's yeah, really nice. And that's a really nice thing to I gosh, I really myself. like that. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. I'm going to keep that in my mind. Yeah. I like that. So now we're going to go to fire round questions. Okay. So this is the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Um, the first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? Amion. Amion. And tell, tell us why. Okay. So this is so genius. Um, for, first of all, the woman who founded it is this extraordinary woman. Her name is Alina Merrill. Mm. Um, she's a cancer survivor. She had cancer in her 20s. And... She's just such an extraordinarily strong person, and she took that horrible, difficult experience and created something out of it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, when she had finished chemotherapy, her skin, she was really unhappy with the way her skin looked, and her doctor introduced her to cryotherapy. Mm-hmm. And she thought to herself, well, how can I bring cryotherapy to people's homes? Mm-hmm. So you know that when you use an ice cube, okay, yeah. if you, you've, I'm sure, I mean, you're, you're probably too. 22 years old, yeah. so your face is like perfect all the time, even if you like, haven't slept for two hours. Yeah. But me, I'm 52 years old. When I only sleep two hours, my face looks very scary. And so, you know, you put a little ice on your face to mm-hmm. depuff. Okay, so imagine if, instead of just putting regular ice on your face, this ice cube is chock full of literally every possible skin nourishing delectable ingredient you've ever put in your face. The delivery system is what makes it so unique because think about what ice does, right? Mm. When you first put ice on, it opens your pores. So as it melts, all of that product is melting into deep layers in your skin. And then Mm. what does ice do, right? Ice shrinks pores. So the minute it dries, all your pores get shrunk. So it's basically like a Ziploc bag inside your skin for all those ingredients while simultaneously giving you that fresh glow, just putting ice on your face. The debuffing. It's a genius genius product. Genius. I'm obsessed with it. It's really supposed to be done like two, three times a week. I literally use it every day. And when I don't use it, like my face feels funky. Uh, It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, No, everything about Amy on looks... Just it's incredible. So innovative. And again, you're like, you know, you know when there's a good brand when you look at it and you're like, why hasn't no one done that? Well, exactly. Why haven't why? I done that? Yeah, it's so genius. <laughs> it's so good. And think about how many brands have I ever advertised for? Yeah. I think two. Yeah. I do it so infrequently. Yeah. So you Only know when I believe, really believe in, in this. And use it. Yeah. And that's it. So Amion is something that I believe in very deeply and I'm really excited about. That's yeah. Amazing. Well, I hope to have Amion on the podcast too. That'd be amazing just to hear us. Oh, story. yeah. Yeah. Um, my next question is, do you have a hidden talent? Or not oh, so dear hidden. Lord. I was about to say, do I have anything hidden left anymore <laughs> in my life? <laughs> or not so hidden. <laughs> um, I can speak Aramaic. Does that count? Yeah, that's Completely cool. dead language. Nobody speaks it. That is so cool. There we go. Amazing. Well, I can read Aramaic. I should say, you know, the Gemara, yeah. the Talmud in my community is written in Aramaic. Yeah. Men are taught it, women are not. Uh-huh. So, of course, I went and learned Aramaic because I wanted to read the Talmud. So yeah, so apparently when I get tipsy, I speak to people in Aramaic. This is what I've been doing. Okay, that's, I'm going to wait until one moment when we get to experience that. Um, My next question is, what or where is your happy place? Wherever my children are. Mm, I love that. That's that's it. That's That's it. I don't care where. They're there, I'm there. I love Um, My last question, but this is going to be really hard because if someone has done pretty much like everything. Um, if you were an entrepreneur plus all your other hats, what would Julia Hart be doing right now? Oh boy. It's hard because you're doing <laughs> Sleeping, everything. Sleeping, relaxing, I don't know. What does that feel like? Vacation? Vacation. Mm, what is vacation? What's vacation? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, um, I've already invented another two products that I'm going to be yeah. releasing soon. 
So once I've got this, the Shapewear brand off mm. the ground, I've got a few more brands coming your way. Amazing. Um, so I hope to never retire. Yep. I don't want to ever stop working. I hope that, you know, every day that I'm on this earth, I'm able to create something. That is beautiful. Oh, well, Julia, it's been an absolute honor and pleasure hearing you speak. Uh, I've learned so much and I'm sure everyone listening has. And I've learned from you. Thank you so much. I'm going to keep that. I really loved what you said. I thought that was really beautiful. Everything everyone's taught me is probably from my mom and my grandma. So probably kudos to them. Love your mom and your grandma. Thank you so much. And (laughs) and where can everyone continue to follow yourself? So um, on Instagram, I'm Julia Hart. Uh, Please read my book, Brazen. Yes. Netflix show, My Unorthodox Life. I'll be watching. And, you know, you'll see what comes next. I will put all the links in the summary (laughs) of wherever you're listening or watching. So do click and be sure to follow Julia and stay tuned for the journey ahead. And bodybyjuliahart.com. Please go and look at the shapewear. Take a look. I promise you, you will never, ever go back to regular shapewear again. hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.